Each landscape we step into includes new beings and spirits. In other words, places are alive and they're full of community, palpable to many of us, but unconscious to most. On this week's episode of Tune In with Marcy, I'm exploring the power and magic of spirits of place. I discuss why and how spirits of place impact us, some of my favorite personal memories of collaborating with spirits of place, what consent and boundaries have to do with it, and some simple steps to start relating with these very special beings. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm grateful that you are tuning in today to this podcast, to yourself, to your life. If you're listening on the day that this episode releases, it is a full moon lunar eclipse, which is a lot of energy (laughs) and could be stirring up some stuff for you. So... If that's the case, we're just going to name that. I I really have found following astrology in my personal path in life to be extremely useful. So I just offer that as a little grain of context for what's happening. And before I get started with this week's episode, I really want to let you know that I actually have some opportunities coming up to learn with me this summer. I've been on a bit of a break from teaching a lot of classes and focusing a lot more on my one-on-one work and just resting because of everything that happened at the beginning of this year for me and then moving. So I finally feel like I got my feet underneath me. They're on the ground. I'm here. We still have boxes, but we moved. We're successful. Things are unfolding here and it's it's time to prepare to start teaching again so first I'm going to be opening doors to my popular intuition program intuition unlocked formerly called intuition 101 and that's happening very soon the great news is is that you actually don't have to wait to get a taste of what this program is like you can receive a complimentary audio and pdf lesson from the course straight to your inbox. All you have to do is go to marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson. And by signing up, you're also added to my newsletter, which I like to think of as my inner circle. And in that space, I share personal stories, lessons learned, exclusive practices, goodies, surprises, sometimes exclusive discounts. You'll also be the first to know uh, when doors open by joining my newsletter. That's where I make all announcements first. So you can do that again by heading over to marcymover.com forward slash intuition lesson to receive your complimentary lesson. I hope that you do because it's great and it's full of juicy stuff. So this week I want to explore the power, the magic, the aliveness, the impact of a place. And when we're moving forward in this episode, and I'm talking about place, I mean land, I mean locations, I mean buildings, uh, bodies of water, mountains, homes, etc. So location-based, 
is what I'm talking about. And many of us at this point really want to get out of town and fast as coronavirus restrictions ease and people get vaccinated. Completely understandable given how many of us feel really cooped up. Maybe you're tired of looking at the same four walls. Maybe the same four walls around you feel really tight and small. So yeah, I get it. Uh, I'm there with you. <laughs> Although I do, I do feel a little bit better now that I'm living in a different place, which I talk a little bit about here in this episode. Why do we need a change in place? Is it for beauty? Is it for the excitement of a change in scenery or routine? A chance to step away from responsibilities and refresh? Yeah, sure, definitely. All those reasons. And also, places have unique energy and an energy that influences, shifts, and changes our own. And vice versa. We impact the place as well. We're not separated and isolated from it, which means that we are not isolated from how places impact us. And similarly, it's not like we have no impact on place. I mean, climate change people. (laughs) Uh, For example, on a global scale, global scale. By the way, I just want to name, if you're new to my podcast and you hear a small little being in the background making noise, that's my parrot, Odie. And sometimes she's blissfully quiet, and other times she's extremely active and wants to be in the room. But if I brought her in the room with me, um, you would be listening to me and then her trying to talk over me. So, <laughs> And since this is me producing, editing, doing all the things with the show, I just leave her in because life is messy sometimes. So we're just going to name that. Okay. So let's talk about place. The other day I noticed a visible visible shift in my client's energy since the last time we met. And I wondered, hmm, what happened? And she, like many others, is finally traveling. And this time she went to water. And it really shifted her inner landscape. Suddenly she had more space to be with some of the really, really challenging healing themes we've been working with for quite some time. And even though she was still working remotely for her work, right? So it's not like she felt differently from stepping away from where she lived because she stopped working. She actually was still working, but she still felt different. So she told me, she said, you know, I feel more expansive. That's the word she used, expansive, she explained. And she described how the constriction since our last chat actually had lessened since being in a new place. I said, well, that's interesting. Do you know why? I mean, I had my ideas based on what we were talking about, but I just kind of offered like, do you know why? And and she paused and looked at me in anticipation for my answer. And that's when I said, in essence, each landscape we step into includes new beings and spirits. In other words, places are alive and they're full of community, palpable to many of us. And by palpable, I mean like we can feel and we can sense it. And it's interesting, by the way, that as I'm recording this and talking about this palpable sense, a community member where I live right now is literally right by my window staring at me, which is a Robin. (laughs) Hello, Robin. 
So this felt sense of community includes ancestors of the land that serve as guardians and guides, plants, trees, animals that call the place home. Like, hello, Robin. <laughs> Predominant uh, elemental beings like water at the beach or earth in the desert. Ancient beings like the spirits of a mountain or a river, the essence of a home, a building, or, sp- or dwelling. I first learned about this idea of a, a home having a spirit from David Abrams' uh, book, Becoming Animal, which oh, is such a lovely, I, I love that read, it's such a good read. But he talked about how, uh, he, he kind of talks about this story about the walls kind of being present to him and vice versa. And it's true, the essence, like places, homes, buildings, dwellings, they have a spirit, they have an essence. This also includes any unwell, troubled, or lost human spirits. We often can think of those examples as when people experience like a haunting. It can be gnarly, wild, neutral, and pleasant. Other ancient beings, I kind of include that wide swath because there's just a lot of beings and spirits and energies that live in this life that are here, that are present, as well as ancient powers that have been in or interacting with a place for a very, very long time. So this interconnection of aliveness interacts and communicates with us impacting us as we impact the place we are in. In my work, I usually see this impact happen unconsciously without people connecting the dots. For example, when the energy of a place like impacts a person's actions or decisions, but they don't consider who influenced their choice or why. Like a place that you have a feeling to stay away from and decide to avoid usually when people do that, they don't say, oh, I felt some unwell spirits in that place. I think there, you know, I sensed that there was troubled dead there and therefore I stayed away. I mean, rarely do people kind of consciously say that. Or I sensed that I was unwelcomed in that place, that the spirits of that place were like, "Mm, no, please don't come here, and then decided to avoid. Or another one is uh, people having a nagging, like creepy feeling in a cabin you rent. I've heard a lot of stories like that. Um, People may not recognize that the reason they slept with the lights on is because there's some gnarly energy there. (laughs) Or a place you feel at home in and you really exhale and release. Again, oftentimes not acknowledging that the spirits of place are really welcoming you and meeting you and supporting you and holding you and maybe even facilitating some healing for you or a place that suddenly reawakens your creativity and gets you writing again. Maybe you're, you're in a place where the muses are active, you know, and there's some really beautiful uh, connection that you have and openness and you're unaware of it to the spirits there that are willing to support you in your creativity and be your muses. So precious memories for my own self in my life include collaboration with spirits and beings of place. And by collaboration, I mean being intentional, being conscious 
about the fact that I'm not just walking into a place and it's just, you know, it's not just empty. Whether I'm going to a home or I'm going to a location, it's not empty. There is a lot happening there, whether I see it or not. There's a lot living there, interacting there, relating there. So for example, like the time I traveled to Sedona, Arizona, if you've not been to Sedona, I love Sedona, it's beautiful and it's very special. And I felt inspired to create a powerful ritual on the land when I was by this beautiful area of water there. Now, when I went there, I had no intention of creating a ritual. That was not in my mind. But when I arrived and I spent some time there in this very specific place that someone who I had met during my travels had suggested I go visit, I became attuned to the place. And in that attunement, the beings by the water guided me to do a ritual on land. And I carefully chose stones as instructed by them and placed them on a mandala-like grid of lines, also inspired by them, and followed that with some invocations, like some prayers that I did out loud. And the ritual was this commitment to myself and the guiding powers in my life to follow their calling to do the work that I do now today. And that meant that That included like going home, putting in my resignation of my government job at that time, leaving, (laughs) feeling terrified of like, oh, how am I going to support myself? I didn't have a partner at the time. I was my sole provider. What was I going to do? I had not, didn't have really savings. I didn't have a fallback plan, but I just knew through a level, several synchronicities leading up to that point for a long time. In that moment, I just knew that that was the decision I had to make. And I knew in collaboration with those spirits and those beings there that it was time to do a ritual. And they guided me through that process. And it was initially a ritual that I made to make a commitment for one year. And here I am now moving into my seventh year. So the beings of the place were both my potent witnesses as well as guiding teachers in the process. Another example is the spirits and beings of the land outside the mountains of Asheville. I think I've shared some of this story on another episode earlier, and sometimes I share it in different classes, but it's a really important one that I hold dear to my heart. And while on retreat, they inspired me to to walk a labyrinth that was on the top of this hill. I just felt like this calling, like the, the, the land there and the beings there, the energy there was just like literally like calling me for the whole week. So I finally went and I, on my walk, the spirits and the beings there taught me about my interconnectedness with life, which I knew and I had experienced portals of, let's say, but that that experience and that labyrinth and what happened there and what they taught me was just on such a deeper level and on such an embodied, felt, somatic level than I had ever had before. And they taught me about this interconnectedness with the earth and the land and the sky and the other than like human beings all around me. And I released tears of grief 
and relief at the exact moment that the sky cried tears of grief and relief. I felt us like all crying together in unity, like old friends meeting for the first time in decades. Because even though I had been interacting with different spirits and beings and relating to different nature spirits, or we might say, um, Daniel Fork talks about it as other than human beings. I like that too, kind of not separating ourselves from nature. Even though I had been doing that for some time, I, like this moment of simultaneous releasing of water and crying together while doing this ritual of walking in the labyrinth, like it, it just, I can't put into words how deeply it touched me and how deeply I felt unity in a way that I'd never, ever accessed before. Another one is the first time that I stepped on land where we live now. And I asked the land, did they want us to live here? I kind of showed up, recognized that there's a lot of different beings living there, trees and plants. There are ancestors of the land that are here. Uh, there's a spirit of a mountain because we literally live on a mountain. So I just kind of allowed myself to arrive once it felt like there was an alignment and we thought that we might want to move forward with putting out an offer. And I just kind of, you know, asked, well, (laughs) this feels in alignment. What do you think? (laughs) You know, do you want us to live here? And I felt a warm, glowing, gentle, like holding sensation envelop me that was just really loving. And as if time stood still, a beautiful blue butterfly tenderly circled my husband and I in the silence. And then my eyes felt drawn up as a hawk swooshed through the land overhead. And the answer was clear. We had definitely found our new home and the feeling was mutual. And for me, anytime I'm in a place of doubt, hawks or eagles always show up for me. Like, it's like, it is like the the signal that's like, yes. (laughs) So this, you know, communion helped us to make that decision to put on an offer and to honor our new relationship In that moment, I offered up some meaningful gifts that I brought as an offering. And I brought them when we drove up to the land. I just had this sense, like, I don't know why, but I have the sense that this is it. But I also was scared and reticent. So I, I just followed my guides nudging and my ancestors nudging to bring offerings. And that's that we, I offered them at that time. So our experience of the power and magic in place happens when we decide to consciously acknowledge and respect and collaborate with the spirits and beings of place. Hey there, Marcy here. I have a very important question for you. Do you want your unique path guided by the power of your intuition? I'm guessing the answer is yes, if you're listening to this podcast, but maybe you struggle with self-doubt and you always seem to second guess yourself, or you can't always tell the difference between your intuition and your fear, 
And you don't know what your inner voice even sounds like. If this is you, you're not alone. These are very common challenges that I see in my clients and my students over the years. And I just want you to know that I got you and we can change this. Doors to my very popular program, Intuition Unlocked, are opening very soon. But guess what? You actually don't have to wait to get a taste of this program. I'm offering you complimentary access right now to an audio lesson and PDF straight from the course into your inbox. All you have to do is go to www.marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson. And you'll receive the lesson straight in your inbox. You can immediately download them, listen, and start to get answers to some of these questions. In addition, you'll also be subscribed to my newsletter, which I like to think of as my inner circle. I like to think of it as a special community of people that's huddled around together, drinking tea and having meaningful conversations. And in that place, I share exclusive practices that you can't find anywhere else, goodies, updates, and more. So I hope you'll take me up on this beautiful offer to get a taste of this powerful program and to start to empower you to tap more intentionally into your intuition and get a sense of what does your inner voice sound like. Again, head on over to marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson. Now back to this week's episode. How do we start consciously relating to beings of place? The answer depends. Regardless of how deep we want to relate, to begin, we need to be receptive, opening our hearts to the community of spirits and beings that are already there. Being receptive means you acknowledge they exist (laughs) and you're open to communicating with them, receiving from them, relating to them. This means setting an intention to begin to attune to the wider field we are within when we go to a place. In practice, this intention looks like noticing what you feel when you are in a place. You know, like start with a foundational level check-in by asking some key questions. Do I feel safe or unsafe? Do I feel welcome or unwelcomed? Do I feel energized or calm? Now, those can seem like really basic questions, but it's very different when you ask those questions, not just with an attunement to how do I feel personally, but how do I feel and how does that relate to maybe what's happening around me? How might what's happening around me, the energy around me, the beings around me, the spirits around me, the place that I'm in, be influencing how I feel? So often in the culture where I live, at least in the United States, it's very human-centric. And the thinking is that all of the feelings only stem from the inside. But that is just not really how we work. Some of the feelings stem from inside in our own stuff, and some of the feelings stem from what's happening in our environment. And there's a whole bunch of complex mixings in the middle. So right now, With this intention and this check-in with feelings, I'm inviting you to tune in to an intentional lens of understanding that maybe some of your feeling is actually connected to place in addition to what's happening in, in you personally, right? 
So I want to share a little bit of a story about that, which is that one time on a new trail before our move to the mountains where we live now, my husband and I had this strong sense that when we started on this new trail, we were not welcomed. Now, first of all, it was like, there were some visual cues around that. It was really, really overgrown in a way that wasn't just like it was unkept. It was, it felt like intentionally the forest was like, please don't come in. (laughs) That's kind of the best sense that I could say of visually what was happening there. Um, And my husband was really like keen to try out the new trail. But we both really felt, even though I tend to be much more kind of like intuitively tuned in, both of us felt this sense that we weren't welcomed. And this was surprising because the trail was in the same forest that we often hike, usually feel extremely welcomed in, but this time it felt different. So I was really confident that the spirits in the area didn't want humans around that area. Like they were like, no, this is just for us. Was the area sacred? Maybe. Were the spirits tired of humans? I <laughs> mean, probably. <laughs> or was the reason none of our business? I mean, regardless, we decided that the best, the decision that felt most aligned for us was to respect the energy and the boundary, the need really that we felt that was underneath the energy, if that makes sense. So we got back in our car and we drove to another trail and we enjoyed a lovely hike in that trail that we go to regularly where the energy of the place felt welcoming and unlike where we were, the new section of the forest really felt happy to see us. So here's an important question. Could we have continued our hike regardless of what we were feeling? Yes, but I wouldn't. (laughs) And I actually stopped like sooner than my husband. He kind of continued like a couple extra steps further, even while we were kind of feeling this and kind of um, sensing things. And I personally think that part of what also happened next, which was that when after we decided, we were like, okay, uh, we're going to go to the other, we're going to leave this, we're going to go to the other trail. Before we did, we found a lot of ticks on our dog. And my husband found a couple on him, thankfully got them um, before we left. For me, that also was just like a visual sign of the forest being like, um, no, (laughs) here's the boundary. So we have needs around boundaries and consent, and so do all other beings and spirits in life. So often I don't sense that most people really think about that, and I think it's really important. And when we think about needs and consent and boundaries... Um, not in a way that overwhelms us where all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I I wanted to go on this hiking trail and there's so many layers now. I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to shut down. I'm not even going to go. I'm not sharing this to complicate your life. I'm sharing this to enrich your life. And, you know, just to bring some gentle awareness. If you feel something, you sense something, honor it. If you don't, you don't. Um, So, Practicing consent really with the spirits of place, the beings of place, the other than humans of place, really, I believe, reweaves a rich relationship with life. 
And it creates a really special opening where those beings um, that are loving and kind, like those of those that are loving and kind and well and might want to relate to us can more easily do so. It's just like relationship building with other, with, with humans. You know, if you honor needs and boundaries and consent, you're going to build trust and you're going to create the possibility for deepening emotional intimacy and connection. It, it's the same, same, like goes the same way, we could say, with spirits of place. So what can change if we intentionally tune into a place where we are? We can come into more harmony with what is and who is present. And what is is like, what's happening? <laughs> who's present is who's there, right? Are the, the tree spirits uh, wanting to communicate with you or having certain requests? No, please, please don't, um, you know, take that bark. Please don't trim that limb, whatever that is. Please don't take this plant. You know, the flowers maybe actually don't want to be taken from a place. So we, we can come into more harmony. That's really what I see happen. We can receive gifts and guidance from the spirits, beings, and energies of place. You know, again, hearkening back to that experience I had in Sedona, or the experience I had in Asheville. Like those were some really beautiful gifts and guidance that I received. And I've also seen healing, a lot of really rich healing happen for people when they can intentionally tune into and relate to a place. Sometimes we're meant to be the ones that receive from a place. And sometimes we go to a place and we, like the place is meant to receive something from us we can deepen our intuition by practicing our intuition, intuitive receptivity. So learning how to and practicing attunement with place is another way to sharpen your intuitive muscles. We can heal our relationship with the web of life locally and beyond. I think for myself for a long time, which is part of why this move, and I'll be talking more about this in episodes ahead, I'm sure. For a long time, I struggled for a very long time with connection to place and local connection. And for the longest time, I, I really just like wanted to live a nomadic life and just move and not have roots and not have like too many possessions. And for some people, really, that is their calling. So if you're listening to that and you're like, oh, that's me, that, that literally might be your calling. It might be the way you are being guided in life, part of your destiny, and part of how you are meant to relate to place. But my recognition personally in my own life was that part of me struggling to connect to place and connect to locality and put down roots and stuff, some of it was layers of misalignment and that I was being guided to eventually go somewhere else. So when I started finally tuning into place into Washington, D.C., where I lived, and I started communicating with spirits of place there, I started recognizing that the messages I received was like, this is temporary. You're going somewhere else. Where? I didn't know. But for a long time, I avoided that altogether. 
because I was really, really terrified of the kind of vulnerability, the intimacy, the depth of relationship that comes with with doing that. And I, I wasn't rooted enough either in the many different parts of myself. So the kind of intimacy that I struggled with externally with a place also reflected the kind of intimacy I struggled with internally with some of the deepest parts of myself. So I do really see that when we can intentionally tune into a place where we are and we can develop a habit of that, whether it's a place we're traveling to or a place we're traveling through or a place we're, we're literally living in, that it, it heals. It really can be so healing to the web of life, to our relationship to that locally and beyond. And lastly, this can honor and respect the different beings that call the place we are visiting home. And isn't that important? You wouldn't just like (laughs) see a house walking on the street and be like, that's an interesting house. I think I'm just going to go in it regardless of who lives there, whether they want you there or not. Like, no, if you did that, you you would get in trouble. (laughs) You would get a rude awakening. You might have someone angry. You might have someone terrified, you know, uh, hurt you. (laughs) There's a lot of things that can happen with that, right? So places are like homes for a lot of other beings as well. Just because you don't see a physical dwelling doesn't mean there are not dwellings. I hinted at this earlier, but discernment is really important. And by earlier, I mean when I was talking, or I just briefly mentioned that there can be like unwell, troubled, uh you know, human spirits that are kind of stuck in a place sometimes. Or sometimes gnarly, wild, other energies that are just way bigger than us. So discernment is really important. I don't recommend working with spirits and beings of place without discernment, just like, you know, opening to it all and tuning to whatever wants to communicate with you and allowing all the feelings. No, if you've listened to my podcast until now, you know that I care a lot about psychic protection and boundaries. And um, if you've never listened to those episodes, I recommend you go back. I have episodes on psychic protection and psychic boundaries and pieces like that that are important. But also in my next episode, I'm going to talk about exactly that. I'm going to talk about discernment and I'll share my top recommendations for discerning who to talk to and avoid in the other than human realms of life. So make sure that you tune in next time to hear more. But I just wanted to make a note of that now because I do think it is really important to exercise discernment. And you can do that by just going gradually, just by simply starting with the intention and starting with the baseline sense of how you feel. Do you feel welcomed or unwelcomed? If you feel unwelcomed, like, "Mm, I'm not sure that I would... (laughs) spend my energy spending a lot of time tuning in to figure out who and why and I I would just say like message received goodbye like leave (laughs) unless it's a place like you have to stay then that might be um something that you need to do some work around and 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 kind of explore a little bit deeper of like is there a way that certain arrangements can work but for now I'm just going to name Use discernment's important.
in the meantime, I want to invite you to explore the aliveness of the place of place like in your life. And that can be the place where you currently live now. It could be a place you're traveling to soon, uh, traveling to the summer. Doing so can really support you to be a better member of the earth community, as well as nourish a deeper sense of belonging to yourself, to the wider web of life. And that sense of belonging, I also find to be personally and professionally in my work as I've witnessed very healing. Now, if you want to learn how to communicate with spirits of place more, of just spirits of of place, different kinds of spirits, you'll really, really love my Intuition Unlocked program. Now, that program is not a specific land-focused program. It is foundational program that teaches you all about the basics of spirit communication, which then you can use to communicate in different ways with the different realms, different unseen realms, as well as trees and plants, etc. My online program is opening soon. So if you want to learn more, make sure you go to my website, marcymoberg.com forward slash intuition lesson, where you can join my newsletter. You'll get a complimentary lesson from the course and you'll be the first to know when doors open. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a screenshot and share on Instagram at and tag me at Marcy Moberg. I love to hear from listeners. I also have the opportunity for you to submit questions. If you go to my website, marcymoberg.com forward slash podcast, at the bottom of the page, you will find a place to submit questions. And we've had some juicy ones, so would love to hear what yours are. Until next time, I will leave you with my personal mantra, which is that I want you to remember that being you takes courage. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating and leave a review ideally five stars. That way more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember being you takes courage. Lots of love. 